All right. Welcome in. This is Ram's Edge episode 27. I'm your host, Jake Ellenbogen. And today we are going to have an episode wrapping up the preseason, giving my thoughts on the 53. And hopefully we can have some people call in um, and give their thoughts as well. Before we dive into that, be sure that you are subscribed to the show. And uh, in addition to that, um, you know, of course, you know, like the show. So let's get into it with, uh, you know, with everything going on, um, you know, with the Rams going through, you know, they've had a couple huge roster battles. I think for the most part, this is one of the rosters to predict in quite some time. Um, It's not to say that, you know, they're bad players and players that aren't good enough to get on the 53-man roster, but, um, you know, it's definitely an easier one to predict than recent memory. And I think really what that comes down to is as you start to really shape your team, um, you know, you start to shape your team, you start to build what is a Super Bowl team each and every year, you pretty much know who's going to make the roster. You're just filling out the, the little nooks and crannies. And so going through it, you know, there have been the past, there have been so many different guys, you know, linebackers, and of course, you know, corners, the Rams have had some serious matchups. Uh, you know, in the recent years, just thinking about guys like Marcus Roberson, um, you know, Mike Jordan at corner, you know, and then, you know, at safety, you had um, Stephen Parker from a while back, you know, the former Oklahoma Sooner. Um you know, there have been some guys in the past, you know, Ian Seau was another guy, you know, that stood out. There have, There's always been, you know, Boogie Roberts, um, you know, Tigre Scales. I mean, so many different guys have battled, and we've seen it in the wide receivers, talking about, you know, Duke Williams and, you know, guys like, um, you know, guys like that, you know, it's... Uh, off the top of the head, I mean, Nelson Spruce, running backs, you know, Terrence McGee, you talk about Justin Davis and John Kelly. There have been a lot of different roster battles in the past. But I feel like this year, you're just really not seeing that. You have some big positions, which we'll go through, but the quarterback, the decision is whether or not they keep three or keep two. And I think they're going to keep three. I think they'll keep... Uh, Perkins, he'll be QB3. Wolford will be QB1, or QB2, excuse me. Stafford will obviously be QB1. Then the running backs, you know, I think when you you look at that, you could obviously go through the running backs and, you know, you have Cam Akers, you have Daryl Henderson, you have Kyron Williams, you trade up in the fifth round to go out and get. You have Jake Funk and you have Trey Regis. I think they probably cut Trey Regis and keep Jake Funk despite the fact that I don't really think either of them are, you know, a top 53 guy on this roster. But, you know, I think Funk will make the team. Now, could he be on the roster bubble? That's certainly possible, and I would not rule that out. But that's how I have that. Then the wide receivers, I mean, you have 10 wide receivers. I have them keeping eight of the 10, which means that Austin Trammell and uh, Landon Akers would miss the team. I think in the past there's been more of I think more of a wide receiver, you know, um 
competition, if you will. Um, because if they keep eight out of the ten, then that's not really a ton of competition, right? You know, they just kept eight guys. But I think in the past, you know, we've definitely seen more wide receiver competition. So, you know, obviously from guys like Mike Thomas, who's snuck on the roster every year, Brian Quick, to Paul McRoberts, you know, aforementioned Nelson Spruce. I don't think you have that this year. Um, with the tight ends, you know, they let Kendall Blanton go in a surprising move. You know, I think when you go back, you look at the tape, Kendall Blanton's blocking did somewhat falter. And uh, I think Bryson Hopkins showed you a lot of really good things. So that is confident and comfortable um, in that regard, you know, going with with Bryson Hopkins. Um, So, you know, in the past, there's been a big tight end battle, you know, when in reality, I mean, you know, let's call like it is. There wasn't really giant tight end battle this time around. What's up, Marv? Uh, I just woke up, pal. <laughs> I, just, I saw. This is great. Uh, are you talking about the uh, the roster? Yes, I'm just uh, wrapping it up. I figured we'd go live for about thirty to forty five minutes uh, before you know the Jets game comes on because I gotta watch that. But uh, figured we would just uh, talk about that. Hope I would, you know could get some people in here give their thoughts, but. Really, uh, you didn't miss a ton yet, but what I was saying is that, you know, I think in the past it's been a lot harder to predict the 53-man roster. Yeah. I think this is one of the easier 53-man rosters to predict. I think I saw last night. Uh, is there a firm? Is there a firm roster right now? Are we still speculating to some degree still speculating um they haven't made the final cuts you know they have the 80 man roster right now and they have to get down to 53 but you know i just feel like in the past you had you know running backs like terrence mcgee justin davis aaron green john kelly this year it's trey regis and you know jake funk you know wide receivers in the past you brian quick you had Tavon austin you had you know, Stedman Bailey, you had Paul McRoberts, you know, Nelson Spruce, all these guys on the block. This year, they're probably keeping eight out of the ten that they have. You know, so I feel like in the past, there's been more competition, and I think that speaks volumes to how far the Rams have come. They're not a team where, you know, yes, they will give you an opportunity if, if you work hard enough and, and, you know, you definitely fit the mold and, and you can provide a, a service and, and actually help the team. But they're not a team that is, you know, an open door here anymore. You know, I don't think, like in the past, you would just automatically pencil in like six UDFAs making the roster. I don't think we're at that point anymore. I think the Rams have a pretty well-defined team. And guys like, I think Kier Thomas really helped himself last night. Um you know, those yeah, guys, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they push, but like, is Kier Thomas a definite to make the roster? I don't think so. I think he could, but you know, it, it just kind of speaks to just the level of how they they've really built their roster up over the years, and this is really as good of a roster as we've seen from the Rams in quite some time. One player I've been interested in, and I hope he makes it. 
is the safety, uh, the rookie, uh, right now. Who am I thinking of trying to? The, uh, Russ Yeast? Yes, Yeast. Do you have him on your, on your roster? So, I have him missing the roster. Um, I think he's one of the first out, or you know what I mean, one of the the last ones out. Right. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you're you're putting you know all these numbers together, you're putting a number valuation or whatever. It's like fifty four, fifty five, fifty six. I feel like he's right on the cusp. Um, you know, it's going to depend on what numbers the Rams want to carry. You know, Jordan Rodriguez put out her 53, and our 53s are only our two players different. <laughs> I know. I saw hers. I think that's what I'm thinking, uh, what I saw. Did she put that out last night or yesterday? Yes. Okay. And I'll be honest, ours are probably one player different because I do kind of feel like <laughs> yeah. Peter Thomas is going to make the roster now. Wow. And I dropped mine before the game. So, following the game, I think Kier Thomas has done enough. And it's not even necessarily what he did last night. Because I think they put way, way more emphasis on the practice than they do in the game. Um, that's more for us fans to really speculate. But the thing, Marv, that stood out to me the most... They started the night with Kier Thomas, which they hadn't done at all throughout preseason. That's true. So that was kind of, you know, to see him starting across from Chris Garrett, that kind of felt like that was them kind of signaling he he might be our, our sixth or, you know, our fifth outside linebacker on this team. Do you have uh, Chris Garrett on your team? Oh, yeah, I think he's a lock. I think they were just trying to get him some playing time because they were concerned he didn't get a lot of opportunity because of the injury. And you have Benton Whitley? That's what I'm thinking is it's either going to be Whitley or Cure Thomas. Uh, and I think yeah. I'm going to switch to Cure Thomas following the preseason week three. Um, and like I said, more so because Kier Thomas started the game, not necessarily about his production. They wanted to take a second, really firm look at him because they saw something in him to start it. So, I agree. And we've heard Whitley all, all season, but we haven't heard Thomas. So... I yeah. think you're right. I think it's significant. They wanted to see what this guy, how this guy holds up. I, I definitely think it's significant, and you know, I think he made himself. If you're talking about a stock game, uh, his stock's going up because you don't just come down with three tackles for a loss and a sack and not have your stock go up. Um, but the other one was that. So, Jordan had Russ Yeast, and I had Jeremiah Cologne. Yeah, that, I think not seeing Cologne bothered me uh, on her. Because that was, you know, I was worried about the center position. Oh, yeah. 
absolutely. I mean, you have you know, Brian like, Allen, as good as he was last year, he has had a hard time staying healthy. Yes, yeah, and we don't have a backup center at all. That, I don't know. I thought uh, well, I maybe think Shelton. Shelton. Well, yeah, that's right. We can we can put the guard. We can put something in for Shelton if Shelton has to go at center. But but then you have to fill the guard spot. Right. It's not a natural backup, so to speak. You're shaking up the offensive line because now you're changing two positions instead of one. So. Yeah. Yeah, there, yeah. There's something about that. Well, you know, one thing I'll say is um, with Jordan, she had eight. I don't think that they can afford to keep only eight offensive linemen. I don't either. Because, I mean, offensive line is everything. Havenstein has had issues, although he wasn't hurt really much last year, but he's had injury issues in the past. Allen did yeah. get hurt last year and has had issues, and so has Nopum. As much as I love the guy, and I think he's going to be an absolute stud, Nopum has had a hard time staying healthy as well. So, you know, I think you have A.J. Jackson there as depth, um, you know, he can come in and start in a pinch if no boom goes down. Uh, I don't, I mean, I have them keeping our Curry as well. I don't know after last night, I don't know if you can really count on him. He's more like you're keeping him for the long-term development. Um, Cologne could play day one if they needed him to, because he would have a good four around him. He wouldn't be on a really bad offensive line in the middle. Um, and then, you know, I think Ankrum showed them enough where they didn't – I don't think I saw him last night. Maybe maybe he did play last night, but I, I didn't really see him, um, you know. So maybe maybe I'm wrong there, but I don't know if you saw him, Mark. But I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hear his name. I, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I, did, I didn't see him. So, I mean, that's somebody that they really like and play all five positions. Uh, I don't think center very well, but – He's cross-trained in all five positions. So, you know, I think, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I think that when you, you look at Ankrum's versatility, I think that kind of makes them feel comfortable with only keeping eight. But at the same time, I, I think they're going to keep nine because they want to carry our Curry. I was a little surprised because they had... I had heard some good things about Chandler Brewer. Uh and I think he's left off of that list, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, he might be on the practice squad again, which would be like the third straight year. And then at that point, you know, it makes you wonder, would the team just cut ties with him? Because, you know, clearly, you know, you could say it's not working if he's on the practice squad for, you know, a third straight year or whatever. But I don't know. I don't mind keeping him on the practice squad. I just don't think you can afford to keep Evans on the roster. That's the only thing that I adamantly am against. I just Bobby Evans is not cutting it. No, he's the huge disappointment. He yeah, and he's just—he's really a guy I just didn't want in the draft. I, I didn't—I didn't like the pick. Um, you know, I like the Nopum pick. I love the Edwards pick. You know, I don't I'm not one of those people that thinks that their offensive line picking is bad, but I specifically hated that pick. I really did not want Bobby Evans. Um, I just felt like 
you know, everyone looked at him because he was at Oklahoma and he played left tackle. And they're like, oh, well, this guy, you know, he can make things happen. And I just, I don't know. I just didn't really, didn't really see a lot to feel good about. So that was kind of my thought process with Bobby Evans is that, you know, he had some things and, you know, people said he was athletic, but he was really clumsy when you, you put your hands on him. I mean, you know, when you convert speed to power, he was just super clumsy. Well, he certainly hasn't uh, lived up to a – was he a number three pick? Yeah, he third was a third-round pick. Oh, whoa. yeah, I know. Yeah. Allen was a fourth. I didn't really like the Allen pick that much, but, I mean, Allen's proved me wrong to a degree. Um, but Evans is what I expected. <laughs> And the Rams just haven't made many mistakes like that. Uh, no, they haven't. And if they did, then they wouldn't be able to do what they do now with the whole FM picks mantra. Does anybody know when Fuller's going to be ready? Um, Fuller should be good to go by the beginning of the season, I would imagine. So, like, if he plays against Buffalo, I won't be shocked. Yeah. I am a little concerned about the safeties. But I think they feel pretty good about safety. Um, I don't know why Burgess was playing. That's a little concerning, but... I like Burgess. I like him, too. I just was concerned that he was playing late into preseason. But I just thought the safeties, because we... You know, when we had Johnson, you just had a lot more confidence back there uh, on a guy that was always going to be in the right spot. And I just I don't feel as certain about Rap and Scott yet. So, it's just, well, to be fair for you, you know, Scott was just kind of thrusted in this role. He had an awful week 18. And then right. He, he had a really good, you know, postseason, but, you know, I think even I'm a little guilty of it at times where, you know, you remember him for the postseason, but you forget that he had a really yeah. bad 18 and really hasn't been, you know, called upon enough to be just automatically considered the starter. That's my worry. I like Scott was, I mean, he was terrific. At the end of the season, he made really important plays, but I, you know, his experience, you know, but no, I mean, I think you're, you're definitely, I, I totally understand where you're coming from because like I said, I feel like I'm a little guilty of that. You get excited. You see a seventh round pick who you really didn't understand the point of drafting to begin with, turn into, you know, potential star potential. And, and maybe he is. Maybe you know, he is. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he is. And it's one of those things where you're like, well, you know, you kind of you get lost in the sauce, if you will, you know. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see what happens with him. I think with Rap, I mean, both of them are free agents. So, you know, after the season, I think the Rams right now, if they had to make a decision, they would, they would keep Nick Scott. But yeah, I don't know if they will because they typically don't spend on safeties. I'm not as down on Rap as a lot of people, but 
I mean, he's not going to be an all pro. It's just, no, I'm not either. Um, but I mean, I don't really see him having a future with the Rams. Like, yeah. he's not a guy I expect them to bring back. And we don't know about Lake. And as far as, you know, a second-round pick, was he really worth that? I don't think so. Yeah. I like yeah. him, but I don't, you know, you can't sit there and say he was worth a second-round pick. No. You know, no. Yeah, no. Not when you're getting great value from a sixth rounder and Jordan Fuller and a seventh rounder and Scott. They've already you know, the one, yeah. the one player I was a little surprised that they're obviously really high on is Rosenbone. And it's oh, not that Rosenbone. I'm down on it. Yeah. But he yeah. has, I mean, he's been totally protected. He's the number three linebacker. Yeah, yeah, he didn't play at all in preseason, which was the shock no. to me. Yeah, yeah. So they they see him as somebody they want to keep. So. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. You know, I think when you know you look at Jake Funk or not Jake Funk, Jake Hummel and uh, and and. Um, you know, Jake Gervas, I thought they played really well in preseason, showed you some things, but they're not going to be able to keep everybody. And I do unfortunately think they're going to cut both of them. Um, hope is they come back on the practice squad, you know, but I have a, I have a question about that. Yeah. Are there players that we can put on that squad that we can totally protect or is Everyone you put on that squad open for waivers from every other team. So, great question. So, when you cut a player, they are reverted to the uh, waivers. So, the waiver order is exactly how the NFL draft order was this past year. And, essentially, every team will have an opportunity to claim said player that is waived. If nobody claims the player, they come through waivers. If they clear waivers, then they can negotiate a deal to come back onto the practice squad for the team that they originally were cut from. So, anybody who's put on that practice squad is vulnerable to be picked off by somebody else. Anyone. There's no protection. yes, but one thing there's a common misconception I find in a lot of fans is that they just assume that the practice squad is like waivers. It's not. So the practice squad is like free agency essentially. You can go and negotiate a deal with a guy on the practice squad to bring him onto your 53 man <laughs> roster, but he has to agree to the deal. You can't just claim the guy. It's like actual free agency. You have to negotiate and you have to actually make a move to, to sign a guy off the practice squad. It's not as simple as I want this guy. You put in the claim and he's yours. He has to decide. And what we've seen in the past is there have been Rams uh, in the past. Like, um, you know, a perfect example is, uh, you know, Jamil Demby, who turned down, uh, you know, a 53-man <laughs> roster spot initially to stay with the Rams and then eventually decided to sign with the Lions to go and play, uh, you know, with his old coach from Maine, who got a job with the Lions. We've seen that in the past. Um, 
you know, coming down to trying to, you know, nail down the practice squad because it's not simple, right? You still have to go through the motions and, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Like you talk about, you know, last year or not last year, but two years ago um, with Johnston, Clay Johnston, Mm -hmm. uh, the Rams made it very clear he wanted to, uh, you know, they wanted him back. And he wanted to be back, but his dad was the trainer for the Panthers. So when, you know, that became an option, you know, his dad was like, hey, you could come here. And the Panthers wanted him. So he decided to sign a deal to go on the Panthers practice squad. And since, you know, he's with his dad, it's not very likely anybody could sign him off the practice squad because he has to decide whether or not to sign that deal, you know? So it's, they do it the right way because if it was something like where practice squad is like waivers, that'd be kind of lame where people could just take your guys off the practice squad. Like it does take two to tango in this sense. So if you're doing right by the players that are on your practice squad, if you're letting them know that they have a future on your team, then they might opt to just stick with you and turn down a 53 man roster spot. But if you don't have a plan, it allows a player to not be stuck, you know, in an organization that has no plan for said player. So it does make sense. Like, you know, for instance, like if, if Bryce Perkins somehow he gets cut and somehow he makes it through waivers and goes on the Rams practice squad, he can sit there and, you know, he could be like, all right, you know, I have a future here, but if he doesn't feel like he has a future and say the Vikings come calling and they want him to be the backup to Kirk Cousins, he's going to take that. I don't, you know, you know, so I don't think Perkins would last long. No, someone was going to take a chance on him. Yeah. Perkins would be one of the opening waiver claims. Like I was saying, you know, during one of the shows that I did on the YouTube, um, I think it was Lance McCutcheon. I just think there are guys like that. If you cut them, they will be claimed in the first run of waivers. I agree with those two. <laughs> like, I think maybe the top five of waivers would claim him. And when you, you look at these guys, you know, you look at these teams, the Rams, they pretty much have their 53. You know what I mean? They like do. They know who's going to be on that team. Doesn't mean that they would never opt to like go out and get a guy that could they could add to the roster, but ultimately they feel really good about their roster. Whereas you have other teams that are at the bottom of the league, they don't even feel good about the guys that are put on the fifty three. You know, they're about know. maybe forty five to forty six out of the fifty three. So there's about seven guys that are on the fifty three just because. No, you the Rams have a solid, solid group of guys. That's the thing. So. When you have, you know, the Texans, you know, picking at the top of the, you know, they're, I think they're third in the draft. So they would be third in waivers. When you have the Texans at third, you know, you look at the Texans roster and you're like, there's probably seven guys that they're keeping just because they have to. So that makes it easy because then you have the third overall waiver spot. You put a claim in for a guy like Lance McCutcheon, or we saw Kendrick Pryor, the wide receiver for the Bengals last night. Those are guys that would go in the top five. 
Perkins will go in the top five. Yep. Skylar Thompson for the, the Dolphins, he threw six touchdowns in preseason through three last night. He would be in the top five. Like guys like that, they'd get claimed instantly. And, you know, when you have teams that have all of the room in the world to add these guys onto the roster, it gets a little scary for a team like the Rams, who, keep in yeah. mind, you already have your target on your back because you won the Super Bowl. So anybody that comes from your organization, teams are going to have a little bit higher regard for. So yeah, Rams, so the Rams are 30 the Rams are 32nd on the waiver wire, right? Exactly. <laughs> so if the Rams yeah. cut a guy, it's going to be extra attention because when good teams cut good players, it's not assumed that they were cut because they're bad. Yeah. No. So that's going to be that's going to be something to monitor. The Rams are at a disadvantage if they, if you know, if they they scouted out a couple players out there that they know are going to be put dropped off certain teams. Their chances of getting that guy are slim to none. I mean, uh, essentially, yeah. I mean, you have thirty-one other teams ahead of you. Know. Yeah. You know, yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's and a lot of these guys, Marv, they get claimed by like fifteen teams. Can they trade? Could uh, can they trade one of these guys for another player right now that they think is going to two waiver wire guys before they go on? They they could um, theoretically. You know what I'm saying there? Yeah, they'd have to get that deal done before they waived them, though. Hmm. And if. Like, for instance, what has happened before is if a team claims a guy, they might not be claiming him to get him on the roster, but claiming him for the value he's going to possess in the trade market. So if you have the first overall, you know, waiver claim spot and you claim the most anticipated guy and say 21 other teams claim him, you have him. So now, you know, 21 other teams were interested in him. Now you can potentially make a trade. Right. So this would be the time to try to do that if you were the Rams. Because yeah, it makes no sense if you're at the top of waivers. No, you clearly don't have a roster. It makes no sense to not yeah. claim guys. Yeah, the Texans are going to be all over this Tuesday. So yeah, Texans, the Jets. Uh, trying to think who else. Um, well, anybody, anybody that. There's, you know, we had a terrible schedule or a table. Jaguars. Yeah. 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 Jaguars, Jets, Houston. I mean, even the Saints, they have a good team and, and they're, you know, what? They had the 10th. So, I mean, a lot of stuff there, but, but yeah, just, uh, I guess that's how we would wrap up the preseason, essentially. Um, you know, I think it's really going to come down to a, a few big cuts, whether they decide to keep three quarterbacks or two, whether they decide to keep eight or nine offensive linemen, um, six or five defensive linemen, three or four linebackers, and uh, four or five safeties. I think that's really as simple as I can make that. I mean, I think, uh, you know, if they if they cut Jake Funk, 
and they roll mm-hmm. with three running backs with all the injuries they have. Yeah. Look out for them to sign a guy like Kenyon Drake. Yes. That I'm a little concerned about talented. the running back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you saw today, Cam Akers is dealing with something. So they, they oh. said he's not he's not fully uh fully oh, good boy. to go, but Henderson appears to be good to go. So McVeigh said he's excited to get Henderson back, but I don't even know if we'll have Cam Akers for the first game, which, you know what, I mean, I'm okay with because they don't have Cam Akers. One, they're going to be more of a pass-heavy team, but two, you know, I think Daryl Henderson's been the more efficient back, to be honest with you, so, you know. But he has trouble staying healthy, too. Well, that's true, and then you have, you know, Kyron Williams, so that's what what I'm saying. I think if, if they do cut Jake Funk, then that's them saying that they're more concerned with having, like, not just special teams, but having, like, a true running back. And I could totally see them in that aspect going out and getting, like, a David Johnson or, like, a Kenyon Drake or somebody like that. Right. Yeah. But but we'll see. And, uh, you know, I think uh, that'll do it. I didn't want to be on too long. Um, looks like it's just uh, you and I. Not a lot of people, uh, I guess not a lot of people up over on Rams uh, Coast, but, you know, we'll uh, we'll get back at them uh, later on this week. But that's going to do it for those uh, listening after the fact. Appreciate you. Mar, thank you for joining me as my co-host in this show. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll be back soon. Okay, Jack. Jake, have a good, good day. You too. Take care, Marv. Bye.